welcome to The Prosper Project, the show that helps entrepreneurs build brands that impact the world and the bottom line. We know that success doesn't come in a one-size-fits-all package. That's why we're bringing you adaptable marketing strategies along with valuable insights from inspiring changemakers, firebrands, and visionaries. I'm Lorraine Sugart, founder of the disruptive brand agency, Prosper for Purpose. Now for this week's episode. Welcome everyone to this week's episode where I'm going to be talking to Eric Estevez. Eric graduated from the University of Miami with a degree in international finance and marketing. And he was a 14-year leadership veteran for two Fortune 50 companies, Target and Walmart, companies that we all know. And while there, he started exploring entrepreneurial opportunities on the side. He wrote a children's book, he flipped mobile apps, and then started investing in real estate, which led him to leave his corporate job and start a mortgage lending branch with his father. Within four years, Eric built a team that produced $100 million in revenue and reached the top 1% income earner in the United States. He is now building other businesses while working from home. And one of his businesses is a VA outsourcing company, while another is a music management company that he started to help his daughter, who is a music recording artist. Welcome, Eric. I can't wait to unpack all of this. Awesome. Lorraine, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Great. So, Tell us a little bit about how you decided to go from one thing to another. Do you have that innate curiosity? Are you someone that just likes to try new things? Like what you have been involved in so probably more than anyone that I've ever spoken with so many different ventures. What's kind of the backstory that took you from one thing to another? Yeah. You know, I've, always have grown up with an entrepreneurial spirit, right? And I always wanted to be my own boss. And upon graduating from the University of Miami, I could not explore that option right away because, right, at the ripe old age of 21, I started a family. So my wife of 21 years, we had our daughter, Angelise, who's about to be 20. And I had to go the safe route. You know, I had to think about my wife, and my daughter. So I took the first position that came my way because I had to earn. And while there, I just knew that with hard work and with focus, you know, I kind of worked my way up the corporate ladder. And at the tail end of it, I was doing very well for myself, but I wasn't controlling my time. But with my bonuses and my stock options and my restricted stock units when they invested, that's when I first started saying, okay, I have some of this discretionary income. What do I want to do? And I started pursuing my passion project. And the first one of them being a children's book that I wrote about our dog Chacho. Uh, and that was my wife's idea. So we said, you know what, let's do things that we love. And that was a, that was kind of the spark into the entrepreneurial journey that eventually led me to leave the corporate job, so you will, and, and become self-employed. And you went into the real estate industry. And what do you attribute your fast success in that industry to? Well, I think there's always people, right? I think, you know, we can only go so far by ourselves. And when you surround yourself with the right people, right, it really helps cut that learning curve down. I was very fortunate, Lorraine, that my father 
and was doing this for 20 plus years, but he was more of a one-man team, right? But I've already been helped these multi-billion dollar companies build teams and build processes. So I wanted to marry my experience with his. And I think that just because he had experience with putting a loan together and teaching me the basics of the industry, I was able to then add on to my experience and we were able to grow at a fast pace. But after doing the book and then started doing flipping mobile apps, and I remember, you know, started trying to start a clothing, you know, a line, you know, find your butterflies, which is t-shirts, which is just basically telling people, hey, you know, follow your passion, right? And eventually I stumbled upon real estate. I love that so much. What was it like working with your dad? It's great. I still work with him. He's my sales manager. And it's great because not only do I work with my father, my mother is also one of our part-time assistants. Oh my gosh. So I communicate with my parents who are in their early 60s. And it's cool because I work with them and I'm able to communicate with them and speak to them. And it's really made us closer over the last five years. That's amazing. That's such a gift to be able to have that relationship on both sides. And so let me ask you a little bit, you referred to relationships. You said we can only get so far by ourselves. How do you tend to build relationships? I mean, clearly you escalated in your corporate career, did really well there. Certainly a lot of that is skill and talent, but as we all know, there's politics in every organization So what do you think your key is to building really strong relationships with people in a work environment? That's a really great question. And I think that's something that I've been trying to develop, right, for forever, right, since I've been in leadership role. And I think, you know, really, one, treating people with respect, I think is number one. I've learned that whether it was a part-time hourly member or maintenance person or a $100,000 a year executive that works for me, you know, everybody is treated with the same level of respect, right? And I think in creating a culture, a good environment, people are going to want to work for you. And here's the thing. What I've learned is you have these multinational corporations and these big corporations and people don't work for these corporations, right? They work for the people in the building that they work for. So, so I've always cultivated that inclusive culture. You know, I was toward the end of my career. I was what you called a, a fixer, right? When there was an issue in the store, right? I would go in and really change the culture by looking at the team and knowing who's who, knowing who's good at what, knowing what people are the right opportunities. And it's really about putting the right people at the right place at the right time. And within those roles, making sure that they know that there's opportunity for advancement so they can work for more and thus improve the quality of their own life, right? So when you have that, right, you're going to cultivate this energy, this synergy with your team that it's only going to make you look better as a leader, right? Because you're going to always achieve those goals when everybody's working in a positive environment. That's great. I love that. I think relationships are so, so important. And it sounds like you have a natural gift for developing those just by treating people appropriately, right? And so many people have to learn that the person who works for you deserves as much respect as the person that you work for. Correct. 100%. Yeah. So you have been successful in multiple industries, What would you say overall are the characteristics that you find to be most important to success? 
Another great question. You know, I actually, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, self-help podcasts, and I'm rereading Zig Ziglar's Born to Win right now, and I'm getting a lot of great nuggets. And, you know, I actually, you know, heard this the other day that one of the most, I think someone interviewed a hundred millionaires, and they said that one of the most common traits is that they all set goals, right? I think it was a study across maybe the most successful Harvard graduates, I think it was. And I think goal setting is such, so key, right? And and I know people say, yeah, I'm going to set goals and this is my goal, but until you write it down and until you have an actionable plan, until you reverse engineer those goals, it's going to be tough for you to achieve them, right? And I think that when people have a goal and a clear path on how to get there, not only on a yearly basis, on a monthly basis, but on a daily basis, then you can, which is also another trait, right? You can now hold yourself accountable. I think accountability is huge, you can hold yourself accountable to those daily tasks that you need to achieve those goals. And I think when you look at any successful leader or CEO or these thought leaders, right, I think they all have a goal and they are relentless in reaching it, but they have a plan, right? And they work towards it. And when you don't achieve your goal is when it's just a wish, right? A wish is something you don't plan for or write down, right? But a goal is something that you actually write down and work towards. Yeah, I love that. And reverse engineer is a term I use often. I think it's so true. It's not enough to put something out in the world or tell people that you want it. You actually have to figure out how to get there and then implement whatever you uncover. And it sounds like you also are very active in doing that. So this is a random question, but do you ever do that with your personal life as well? Like, you know, what are our life goals and for the year or for the next three years? And how do we want to reverse engineer to get them or to get there? Absolutely. And that's a great question. You know, there's so many different aspects of your life, right? And career is just one of them, you know, and just to kind of share like what one of my goals is, you know, I really want this to be the year that I change my health, right? I'm, I'm 41 years old. And I want to lose weight and I want to make sure that I maintain a healthy lifestyle and go to the gym and watch what I eat. Right. And I'm cutting mm-hmm. back on, on alcohol. I'm not a big drinker, but I'm trying to cut back on special occasions only maybe. Right. So the thing is, is that now if I know that I want to lose 30 pounds by the end of this year, right. You reverse engineer that. How many times am I going to the gym? How many times I weigh myself every week to hold my accountable or every day. I actually started with a group chat, right? We gave ourselves a challenge and every day we have to weigh ourselves. And that daily accountability really puts things into perspective because you know, okay, well, when I step on the scale the next day, I don't want to go up. So now it kind of keeps you more in tune with what you're eating, what your habits are. So that's one of my goals. And I think that honestly, I've neglected that, Lorraine, for a long time because I focus on my family and I focus on my career and I wanted to move forward. But I'm at the time of my life now that without my health, I know I won't be able to achieve the things that I want to achieve. I love that. I think that's so true. That's something that I am finally hearing talked about a little bit more. And I love that you brought that up and shared what you're doing to do that because we're the engine, right? For our families. And if we're not functioning at our best, we can't help them to the best of our capability. We can't do our best work. So it's just also integrated these lives that we lead. And why not bring business philosophies to our personal life? Yeah, I think you can replicate that success, right? Into your personal life, right? Absolutely. So can you tell us like what mistakes? So unfortunately, I think it's pretty true that we learn more through mistakes that we may make or setbacks along the way. 
And so can you share maybe one or two of your, I guess, stumbles along your career trajectory and what you learned from them and how you kind of took that lesson forward? Yeah, another great question. You know, when I started to invest passively in real estate, right, I I remember taking one of my stock options and I invested passively with an investor that was seasoned and that was flipping, you know, multiple homes on a monthly basis. And I went ahead and I invested that that money, but more so than getting a return on my investment, I was learning. Mm -hmm. I was picking his brain, right? You know, he was Mm -hmm. staying there within a certain price point. And I did that a few times over, right? Until I felt comfortable. And I said, okay, I think I can do this on my own, right? So... Obviously, sometimes you got to take that leap of faith. But one of the mistakes that I made was I went into a totally different market, uh-huh. right? Instead of staying in the $350,000 price range where middle income families are able to afford, you know, I went ahead and went into a beautiful neighborhood, put, you know, $300,000 into the a property, right? To, to add a level and build a foundation. And I got my butt kicked. And I did this all while, Right transitioning into a close quarter of a million dollars a year job in corporate, right? To now an eat what you kill industry where you work out of a commission. So I did this when I left my job, I cashed out of my 401k. I was putting all this money into this project. And let me tell you, it was probably one of the worst 18 months of my life because I just, I overstepped my boundaries, right? I should have stayed in my lane. I should have started small, but I had big eyes on the prize and I learned the hard way, right? And I think that from that lesson, I remember that feeling in my gut. I remember the the sleepless nights, right? And and being able to, which kind of propelled me to excel in mortgages quickly because I had no other choice, right? But it, I remember that feeling and I will remember, I'm going to take slow steps, right? Moving forward. Yeah. Because if you take steps, slow steps moving forward, it's better than taking huge leaps and then taking a huge fall back, right? So big lesson for me in my life. Yeah, no, that's really, really powerful. I guess the next question I would ask is, you know, real estate is a hot topic right now. It tends to be a good investment overall. We all know there's been ups and downs. If someone is a successful business owner, different type of business, and they're thinking about, okay, what do I want to do with my profits? And maybe they want to invest in real estate. Are there any places you would tell them to start or insights or anything that you would share to that person that maybe has like, you know, two to $500,000 and is looking to start investing? Yeah. Another great question. I think if it's the first time, it might be beneficial to partner with someone who has already gone through that rodeo. Right. Because remember, you know, you're not going to get rich quick. And, and especially in real estate is not a get rich quick scheme, but it's a get rich for sure. Right. Real estate mm-hmm. is still seen as the most solid investment that's out there, but it takes time. And what you're doing is when you're investing, you also should invest in the knowledge and the education uh, of how you're doing it, whether it's 
if you're going to go ahead and, and you know, you want to romanticize these shows, right? Fix it or flip it, right? If you want to start looking at houses and flipping houses, right? Do it with somebody that's done it before, right? Become a passive investor, maybe, and someone that's done this that already has the know-how and the contractor relationships, and then learn why you do it. Don't just give money, learn, because now you'll be able to do that on your own eventually if you stay in that lane. If you want to go ahead and buy commercial properties, right? If you want to, you know, maybe even pull your money together and buy, you know, an 80 unit building out, out in, you know, another state, right? Think partner with someone, right? And you don't have to utilize the whole chunk of money. You can start smaller and I think get educated, right? And I think yeah. the more you do it, the more experience you're going to have, you're going to go ahead and be introduced to whether it's the lenders or the realtors or the deal finders, right? And now you're going to be developing relationships on your own. So I think, you know, just research those things and and it's better to partner with somebody that has already done it before you do it yourself. Okay. Do you offer any of that learning yourself? Well, I do seminars, right? So, okay. um, yeah, so I do a lot of seminars. I do a lot of first-time homebuy seminars, but also do for investing. So on March 4th, actually, I'm hosting a seminar. Uh, we're expecting a few hundred people to, to go, and that's going to be in New Jersey. And this is going to be all in Spanish, Lorraine, which is very important. Because, I love it. Because a lot of the seminars are English only, and we want to yes. make sure that we give these tools to the Spanish-speaking community as well, right? And education always has been a huge part of our business and how we've grown, you know, and we've been part of really, you know, traveling seminars across the country and up in the East Coast. There's a celebrity that's partnered with another real estate investor. We as lenders have been part of those as well. We've been able to educate. So, you know, we just go out, you know, we don't, I don't have a specific, I don't coach, right, to invest. I'm a lender first. So, you know, when I talk to people, I find out what their goals are and I try to guide them. And a lot of times I connect them to the people that are living this every day, you know, and, you know, the other day, and I'm always learning the other day, I invited a gentleman to lunch who owns hundreds of units across the United States. And he was telling me about investing in mobile park homes, right? And how he got that deal. And I think he bought a 60 unit in Ohio recently Oh wow! and how, and how he manages that. And he has his own team that does a property management. So I'm learning more about that world. So anytime I can invite somebody to lunch and pick their brain, I'm doing it because I want to make sure that I can give some of the same information. I love that so much. And I love that philosophy that language should not be a barrier to being able to invest and make money from real estate. That's so, so important to kind of be able to meet people where they are. So what are some of the top tools that you use to manage your business? What makes your business run smoothly? Another great question, right? So (laughs) I think I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, I think the first thing is the people that you have working for you, right? When I hire, I hire for work ethic and integrity and not necessarily skill set. That skill set comes with time. And I think when people have that work ethic and integrity, they're going to want to grow, right? They're going to want to get better. So they're going to be self-developing themselves and they're going to learn rapidly. I've been able to, I was fortunate enough to hire, you know, a really good base of assistants and processors that really take on a lot of my mortgage-related work. Right. So when I wake up in the morning and I'm a 5 a.m. Right. I'm I'm one of those. And I get a lot of my work done between five and nine, because once my team comes in at nine, they kind of take it and run with it. So from a mortgage perspective, I'm pretty much done. My job is to just 
talk to as many people as possible throughout the day, connect to as many people as possible today, build relationships, right? So I can continue to, to as a brand, bring it in, but then have a good team and a good process to make sure that everything is working on the back end. How I look at my business is, if I'm doing something that I can hire or train somebody to do, then I'm wasting my time, right? Yeah, absolutely. I I have a virtual assistant company that I've built over the years because I realized that virtual assistants for a fraction of the cost and these multinational corporations are all doing it, right? So if you're a solopreneur or an entrepreneur, you can do that too, right? And we're so connected and we have these sites like Upwork and Fiverr. So you can look for something or you can even hire a company like mine too. And we're in charge of finding the person, teaching them and training them to whatever your job specifications are. And when you do that, you get so much more time back. And if you focus on the strengths that have gotten you to that point, just imagine if you can multiply that, right? Um, And that's how you really grow your business without having to go crazy. Because, you know, quite honestly, when you're self-employed, that means that you're working for yourself, right? But you want the business to work for you. Exactly. Exactly. That's so important. We'll make sure that we put links to your businesses, including that VA agency in the show notes so our listeners can find that. I think that's so important. So you referenced brand and you do have a background that includes marketing. So what do you do to differentiate your businesses from their peers in the market, their competitors? Yeah. You know, I think when I first started in this industry and there's a lot more minorities that are entering this business across the country, but the average loan originator, right, was, you know, 50 plus old, right, white male, right? And and I think that, you know, when it came to finances and it had nothing to do with, with that stat that I just mentioned, but when it came to finances, right? It was stuffy, right? It was, you know, I think everybody wore suits and you had to look the part and, you know, I worked for a bank and, and you know what I realized and I leveraged social media uh, a lot where I, I was just really myself. Right. And in the beginning you have to kind of be, you have to kind of test the waters. Cause I also, I was very by the book and I don't want to say the wrong thing and you get nervous, but once you kind of get, get good at your job, right. You can say, you know what, I, I want to be me. And Quite honestly, Lorraine, I've become a goofball on social media, right? I have a TikTok account and I've gotten deals from TikTok and I go anywhere I go around New Jersey, you know, realtors, I've seen you around and I've seen your TikToks are hilarious. And that's that's a, you know, an icebreaker, right? And and people see me for me. And then I share my family and my daughter was a musical recording artist now that I'm managing her and my son plays football for the same prep high school that I play football for and, and my wife and my dogs. And then I'm funny and I, I make fun of the, the things that are happening in my house that people relate to. So I try to make people laugh. And I think by doing that, I'm top of mind, right? And then yeah. you know, the mortgages and the other businesses come after, right? Right. I love that. I love that. It's an interesting approach, right? And very non-conventional. And sometimes that's what you got to do. You got to shake up your industry. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of all that, what are your next goals? I guess your business goals and your life goals. What are you kind of aiming towards? You've got all these things going, the VA, all your real estate work, the music production. So how do you make it all work together, I guess, is my first question. And then I'll come back and ask you what your goals are. Yeah. So one of the things that I think I'm really good at, and I add value to people in classes, and I teach classes on planning and organization. And being a 14-year veteran, and I had as many as 500 people 
um, that reported to me in the retail industry, you have to get great at planning, right? You have to know your numbers. You have to get up before everyone else. I was in the store, right? I was in stores before everyone else. And I kind of knew what my day was. I knew what my goal was. And I wrote things down. And then eventually I just became a nerd with those things, right? I have Jesse Eitzler, right? It has something called the Big Ass Calendar Club, right? And it's a huge (laughs) calendar and I have it in my office. And you plan the year to really have a bird's eye view, right, of what you want to accomplish with within the different spokes of the wheel in your life, right? And then I use a best self planner. I write, I wake up at five in the morning and I'm going to the gym every morning. But even before I do that, I write down what the day is going to look like so I can make sure that I have a good plan for that day. So I think because I'm very methodical with my day, I probably can spend a few hours in each business and make sure that the business is running and or growing, right? So like I mentioned between five and nine, and I'm actually spending an hour and a half now in the gym within that time, because I'm trying to reach my goal, right, of getting healthier. Most of my operational work, right, for the mortgage industry is done and then my team takes over, right? Which allows me now to focus on some of the other things. And now knowing that I was able to build that in the mortgage industry, I'm using those same formulas, right, to now apply to the virtual assistant company, to now apply to the music management company. I just came from a meeting, right? You know, I literally, you know, 15 minutes before our call. And we were talking with a new editor. We were at a studio with my daughter. It was introducing them to someone who was signed with Universal Records and they want to help develop her. And we're just talking. And, you know, the same thing they said, wow, you guys have been able to do so much in such a short amount of time. And it's because I'm using the same formulas. You know, it's not that I'm a music manager for just the last year. Right. You know what? I'm a manager for 20, you know, and, right. and you could just go ahead and, and implement these principles throughout any business that you build. Love that. That's so good. So what are your goals over the next few years? How do you want to see your division between your businesses? Do you think that you'll continue running all of them? You know, how does that fit into the life that you want to create? There's a mastermind club that I'm looking at, and they're called the Exeter Club, right? And these are individuals that want to exit their businesses without selling them, right? Uh, And it's really about, right, how to leverage your resources, right, to make sure that your business runs well without you being there. So you can really focus on the things you love, right? And that's really what I want to do in each of these businesses, right, is how can I continue to make sure they continue to grow? And it's really about, again, people having the right people in place to make sure that they're growing and you're giving them opportunities. My first virtual assistant that I hired three and a half years ago, right, she was getting paid half of what she's getting paid now, even though it's very much more economical because they're outsourcing another country. Country, but the fact is you got to make sure that your people grow with you and they're going to want to stick with you. Right. And now exactly. she's in charge of hiring and training other people. So I think, you know, my goal is to continue getting these businesses to a level of productivity where I don't have to spend too much time in it. And, mm-hmm. and at the same time, helping other people improve their lives as well, right. To giving them opportunities within these organizations. But I think one of my bigger goals, right. Is not even has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with my daughter, because um, one of the great things in the positions that I'm in was, you know, my parents came at 18 years old to this country from the Dominican Republic. And they, um, you know, they hustled, they grinded, they were able to provide us with a great education and that we were able to maximize. And, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just know I wanted to work for myself and I wanted to, you know, at that time, everybody wants to be rich and have all those <laughs> things and your values change. But I knew, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And my daughter, Lorraine, since very young, knew that she wanted to be an entertainer. 
right? No. And and she's been signed to a talent agency for the last 10 years in New York City. She's done TV, commercials, print ad. She's a dancer. And then she started singing, right? And so we said, okay, we're going to give her vocal lessons. And then about a year and change ago, she wrote her first song, put it out on Spotify and iTunes. Now we have five singles and we have three more. We're, we're out actually having a call tomorrow because we're going to be filming a, a video to the next single. That's so great. Yeah. So, so the cool thing is that now I'm able to spend time. I've been spending time with my parents with my mortgage business, right? Yeah. Now I'm spending time with my daughter being her manager and seeing her develop into not only an artist, but into an adult. So it's just amazing, you know, to be able to have time to do that. Right. And to be able to create a business where I'm not glued to a computer all the time, I can manage my business through my phone. Right. And I think that's how I want to live my life. Right. I want to be able to manage all my businesses through my phone so I can do it from anywhere. But my goal is to get my daughter signed by the end of the year to a major label. That's right? awesome. And, and, and if I can get her signed, you know, let's check one. And the other big goal I mentioned has nothing to do with career, has everything to do with my health. Right. I'm speaking more and I'm getting invited. Thanks to people like you to speak more in podcasts and I'm doing a lot more classes and I'm being invited to speak at different seminars and I want to be able to speak on a national stage and I have to feel good. I have to look good. I have to have the energy to do that. Brilliant. You've reverse engineered that as well. I can tell. Correct. Yeah. So my last question for you, and we've been leading this way, talking about values. What does it mean for Eric Estevez to prosper? Another amazing question, right? I think it could be different for different people, right? And it can change throughout your life. But I really do believe it's about balance. I really do believe in going back to Zig Ziglar, right? He talked about success or prosperity as a wheel, right? And there's different mm-hmm. spokes in that wheel of life, right? And you can make up, you know, your, your different spokes depending on what's important to you. But for me, it's exactly what Zig Ziglar says on, in his book, Born to Win. He talks about, you know, having the, the personal spoke and the family, mental, financial, spiritual, career, right? And I think prosperity to me is, right? And he actually to rate yourself from one to 10 in each of those spokes, right? Mm-hmm. And I think to me, prosperity is when you balance that wheel and you're getting closer to that 10 rating. I don't think we'll ever achieve it in our life, but I think if we're happy with that, the air in our tire is full, right? We're going to have a smoother ride in this life of ours. So I think, you know, when I looked at that and I did my rating, you know, my health is where I rated myself the lowest. And I said, well, you know what? If that spoke is broken, right? If that air is coming out, right? Then my life isn't going to run as smoothly or as balanced as I want it to be. And to me, that's my definition of prosperity is pushing forward, right? And being content with that progress in each of those spokes of life, because every single one of them needs constant work and constant attention, right? And and that's what I'm working on. And my vision board and my goals this year for 2023 has each of those spokes of the wheel of life and what are the activities that I got to do in order to better myself. I love that so much. That's just so great. I am going to have details on your companies in the show notes. We'll include a link to your TikTok so people can be entertained and inspired by you. It was such a pleasure digging into all of this with you today. You're such a delightful guest. Erica Stevis, thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you for having me, Lorraine. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of The Prosper Project. If you want to grow a peerless, profitable brand, 
please hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you find value in our show, please help us reach others by sharing an episode and leaving a review. In appreciation, please visit prosperforpurpose.com for more free resources to help you grow your business.